Funding for Smart Talk is provided by Capital Blue Cross. For 80 years, Capital Blue Cross has offered products that provide peace of mind and promote good health. Focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like its Capital Blue Health and Wellness Centers that provide in-person service and inspire healthy living. Capital Blue Cross is behind you for whatever lies ahead. More information is at capbluecross.com. Capital Blue Cross. Live fearless. Smart Talk is also supported by UPMC Pinnacle. Its 11 principal investigators and 12 nurse coordinators conduct research efforts to advance cardiovascular medicine. Information at upmcpinnacle.com slash myheart. Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. Today is a special day on WITF and Smart Talk. We are on a Smart Talk road trip at the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank outside Harrisburg. It's part of WITF's annual fundraiser to raise money and donate food to the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank. The money raised today will be matched by Wegmans Food Markets, and the goal is to provide 17,000 meals to those who are at risk for hunger in central Pennsylvania. On today's broadcast, we'll discuss the need for food, who is at risk, efforts to feed so many hungry people, and actually how the food bank does it. Joining us in the first portion of the program is Joe Arthur, Executive Director of the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank. Joe, thank you very much for being with us today and hosting us for this broadcast. Oh, we're, we're thrilled to have uh, Smart Talk on the road, so thanks for coming here, Scott. You know, it's this operation, I know we're on radio, so I won't do it justice describing it, but... You know, you probably, the audience will probably hear in the background, uh, you know, a little bit of noise with, uh, you know, stuff being moved around and all. But this is an impressive operation. Yeah, and it's, uh, I think what really startles people that come here for the first time is is that you need this scale to serve people in need, that we actually have to have this large of a food bank operation uh, here in central Pennsylvania. How large? Um, we have, between our two facilities, this is our larger one, uh, about 100,000 square feet dedicated uh, to this mission, uh, 5,000 volunteers a year, uh, 17 refrigerated trucks on the road, a uh, coal chain infrastructure that's, that's immense. Um, it is actually a large response to, to hunger. And there is uh, food stored from... Uh, floor to ceiling. How many? How many stories? Is this two stories? Um, uh, about two stories. Although it looks like a big, a big airplane hangar. Yeah, it uh, does. Right. And yeah. at any time, we in inventory, and it moves quickly. We have about four million pounds of food, uh, and it's flowing through here every day. It, as I said, it is quite impressive. Let's talk about that need, Joe. Uh, you know, I think about that. We probably even ha- had this on our last newscast because almost every newscast mentions some kind of economic indicator, economic statistic. The news that we have heard about the nation's economy over the last couple of years, but uh, in the last uh, year in particular, has been good for the right. most part. Right. Unemployment rate, way down. Uh, that I had a guest earlier this week who said that uh, the United States has more job openings than it, its history. But... When you there is a big but there, right. uh, there still are people who are hungry in That's this right. country, in this state, in the twenty-seven counties that uh, you serve. Why? In, in the uh, you know the big statistics and the averages really mask uh, some underlying issues, and this is going to be startling to the listeners. But a little bit more than half of the folks that we serve that are relying on our our food assistance network uh, are in families, working families. A little more than half. Uh, and the issue isn't uh, necessarily the unemployment rate. It's uh, household income. So, uh, you know, uh, how much are they making? Uh, what's the cost of living? Um, and, uh, you know, do they have full benefits or not? And, and on and on. So we have, we have some structural issues that are putting a lot of families uh, into a situation where the last week of the month or so, they're just not able to afford their food bill. Uh, and that's where we come in. So we, we've got to get underneath the averages. Um, I, I call the, the unemployment rate the most misleading indicator in our world. Um, uh, and it kind of, uh, we have to be careful it doesn't put us to sleep that we have, we have really uh, major needs uh, and then we need the public to support. When we're talking about something like this, what I always like to remind uh, people is that people aren't numbers. Right. Uh, a 3.5 percent uh, unemployment rate. Well, what's that mean? It means that uh, 3.5 percent of the people who are reporting 
you know, are unemployed. Doesn't right. count the people who are no longer looking for jobs. Right. But you hate to put numbers on people. Right. We're right. talking about real people and real problems, real issues. And just one more thing on that is that uh, a lot of those jobs that have been created over the last few years are not good paying jobs, family sustaining jobs. And that's why there are people out there. So I, I, when you're saying over half of families where they actually are, are a working family, uh, I imagine that there's not a typical person that you're serving or family that you're serving. Who are some of the people that it, you're serving? Actually, it's if, if, uh, typical is actually a pretty good word because the folks that we're serving are our neighbors, right? These are folks that we see at the grocery store, that we see at church. Um, a third of our, our clients are children, right? So um, picture your, you know, if you're, uh, um, you have kids in school or if you have grandchildren, whatever that might be, think of your children. Uh, think of uh, your loved ones. And uh, then, then think of this. Um, in Pennsylvania, uh, about one half of school students, and this is true in public schools and in private schools, charter schools, et cetera, about one half of the children in those classrooms uh, need free or reduced lunch, and the vast majority need free. So every second child um, needs free or reduced lunch. That's, um, and I'm in this work. I've been doing it for years. Um, that's startling, and that should startle everybody. Uh, and that tells us we have a little something more than, than uh, just a few families or uh, some folks that are, are homeless. Uh, that's a big issue, but in, in our world, um, the homeless population is less than 3 or 4% of our clientele. Um, the vast majority of folks are our neighbors. They're our, they're our friends, our family. Uh, you just may not know it. Let's talk numbers. I, you know, I, I've seen a statistic that uh, one in eight uh, Pennsylvanians, central Pennsylvanians in your, your service area, the 27 counties, central Pennsylvania, that uh, one in eight uh, is food insecure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the numbers, and maybe you can define what food insecure means. Sure. I'll start with, the, with that. Um, uh, food insecure uh, has a, a very long technical definition, but the way we look at it is you're just not sure as a family, as a person, as a child, uh, where next week's meals are coming from, um, where tomorrow's meals are coming from, um, and you're not able to make it on your, on your income to do it. That's food insecurity. Um, the vast majority of us um, uh, that are probably listening here, uh, and we love the WITF audience. I'm, I myself am a member, and uh, I spend a lot of time in my car, and NPR is on well, thank you. Uh, every day. <laughs> Thanks for that um, plug. I didn't expect it, but we'll yeah. take it. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, but I think uh, that, that really doesn't face uh, us often as listeners. But um, if you are wondering how you're going to eat tomorrow or next week, uh, you're hungry. You're food insecure. Um, and one in eight, that's another one of those statistics that's kind of hard to grasp, right? Um, uh, but um, to put it a little bit more um, uh, meaningfully to us, um, we have folks that come to the pantry lines, to our partners, and they show up in construction uh, work. So they've got boots on, they've got jeans on. They're stopping after work to pick up food for their family, right? That, that is not uncommon. That is not one uh, unique instance. This happens all the time. We have folks showing up in nursing outfits. Uh, they're working for retirement centers. They may be aides. Uh, they may be working in a, in a grocery store system, uh, and they're showing up in that last week or two uh, of the month uh, at their church pantry, uh, one of our other partners, um, to take home groceries. Um, for them, it's an, it's an income uh, uh, assistance. So rent, et cetera, might be very expensive, uh, putting gas in the car and doing all those things. And uh, at, at least there's the Central Penn Food Bank and our great partners that they can go and get some groceries, some healthy groceries um, to, to make ends meet. Healthy. I just wanted to pick up on that word a little bit because uh, I know that often there are people who say, well, you know, the food that's being contributed is the food that, uh, you know, the canned food that we don't want in our homes or something like that. But right. you have made, uh, the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank has made a conscious effort to make sure that the people who are receiving assistance from you, right. that they are getting healthy food. Right, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Because when I started in this work as a volunteer back in around 2000, sort of the old school view of food banking was pretty accurate. You know, it was pretty much dry goods, um, not all of it uh, terribly healthy, and, and we did what we could. 
Uh, these days, um, with our donor support, with our volunteers, we have shifted the dynamic. Uh, we are about healthy, fresh produce. We are about fresh milk. We are about frozen meats. Um, in fact, 40% of our food that flows uh, to people in need is either fresh or frozen foods. And that's where the vast majority of the, of the really healthy food is, uh, 40%. Um, think about the average American grocery uh, cart. Think about your own grocery cart, and uh, we think 40% is pretty darn good. By the way, we have a studio audience, and if anyone in the studio audience has a question or a comment, uh, we have a microphone. You can step right up to the microphone and ask Joe or our other guest that uh, will appear on the program a, a question. Uh, what do you need more of, though? Um, I mean, I, I know because we've talked on the air before about uh, like milk, for example, dairy products that right. are being contributed. And you mentioned partners. But are there some items that uh, you need more of? Well, first of all, um, uh, what we need folks to donate food-wise is actually still non-perishables. We'll take care of the fresh produce. We'll take care of the milk and all that. We've lined up major sourcing. Uh, what we need help with uh, for that is money. Let's just be honest. This, uh, this operation needs the support of the public. Uh, we're thrilled we have the support of the public, but this problem isn't getting any easier, uh, so we need folks to stay with us. Uh, we take your, your $1, uh, and we turn that into six meals. Uh, we're very proud of that. So uh, that math works right up the chain. Um, so if you're sitting on the, you know, an extra million, we'll take that too, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, but ten or, or twenty-five or a hundred bucks can do a lot. Six meals for every dollar. I see that we have an audience member, Johnny. Uh, yes, I was wondering. Now uh, here we are in a large warehouse, and you're talking about the people who are served. How did they get? How do you get the food to them? Do they come to the? Uh, the facility here, or how does that That's work? That's a great question. Uh, we work in 27 counties uh, with a network of almost a 1,000 charitable organizations. So people in need are, are not uh, driving hundreds of miles to our, our warehouse, although we, we do receive and serve uh, emergency visitors. Um, but we're working through organizations that are on the ground in the neighborhoods, pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, uh, children's programs, senior centers, uh, low-income housing centers, places where, where folks are getting help. Uh, and our job is to provide the food at the lowest possible cost to our partner. People in need never pay for food, all right, in our network. That's free to the clients. Um, and that's how we work. So it's a big network. It's all about partnership, relationships, uh, caring people, serving people in their community. You know, one of the, again, I, I don't want to use numbers, so I'll just ask the question this way. Uh, one of uh, the most startling uh, facts that you do hear or uh, things you do hear about uh, food insecurity in central Pennsylvania is the number of children. You mentioned uh, the percentage of kids that uh, are eligible for free or reduced-price lunches in, uh, in central Pennsylvania. But I don't know. I, you get to thinking about it all the time that uh, if there are kids that are going to bed hungry, not getting up and having a, a, right. a meal, how difficult it is to concentrate in school and Absolutely. To, you know, live a normal life. And we know that there's even a, a homeless uh, population of, of kids, right. Right. families living in cars and that kind of thing. This is so important. I mean, it's important for anyone to have food, but the kids especially. Absolutely. And, uh, and that actually is an issue that we, we are uh, uh, working with our school partners and other boys and girls clubs, other programs. And they see a difference in, in school in the behavior of a child who uh, comes in Monday morning hungry uh, because of not enough food over the weekend, which is why we have backpack programs, um, versus uh, that same child, if they have food through the weekend, they come in in the morning, get a school breakfast. Uh, we love that. Um, uh, they not only themselves are a better student because they're not distracted, right? They're not going to the school nurse. But if you remember your school days when you had a disruption in the class, it's not just one child that's impacted. The entire class is impacted when a hungry child uh, either acts out or um, uh, is distracted. That becomes a distraction for everybody, run to the school nurse, all of that. Um, there is a meaningful difference when a child is, is well-fed. They're ready to learn. We have another question from the audience. 
I'm curious uh, along those lines with the children, um, what happens when school is not in session? Do you have a system to make sure that um, they still get those meals supplemented? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So uh, school meals are great. Uh, National school lunch program is wonderful, but it's not in operation on Saturday, Sunday. It's not in operation in the summer. Uh, we have the holidays coming up. Um, those for most children, uh, you know, we wait for, as a child, you waited for Christmas, you waited for Thanksgiving, but for a hungry child, um, that's, a, that's a dreadful season um, because they might not have enough food. So uh, we have uh, backpack programs that we support uh, on the weekends. We have after-school programs um, that we support providing the food. We have summer feeding programs uh, for summertime, and some of our partners really kick it up over the holiday season. Uh, so we see our, the food we supply to youth programs go up during those time periods. Um, but we need more help. Uh, there absolutely needs to be more of the, that type of support, particularly in the summer. We have another question. You talked a little bit about the things that we can do today to address hunger. But as we look at the, the long view, what kinds of long-term solutions would address Great question. Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So we can't do it all ourselves. Um, and, and we certainly need help of the entire community. The business community are, are tremendous partners to us. Uh, we really uh, encourage a long-term movement, a holistic movement towards uh, workforces. So a lot of those job openings that uh, we know are out there, um, uh, training programs uh, to help people get job ready. Uh, and then we, we really need our, our community and our business community to respond in their workforces um, because the better paying uh, jobs, folks stick with them. Uh, they're better workers. Um, for us, that means they may not be coming to the pantry line um, uh, a year out or two years out. Uh, we call that um, ending hunger work. Um, we also call it shortening the line. And uh, we are uh, working with uh, other partners uh, in our territory to do what we can to kind of help, you know, put our shoulder to their wheel a little bit, referral programs, whatever helps a family uh, get to a little better income level. Um, we consider that extremely important work. Uh, and right now we're, we're trying to figure out what our place is in that. Joe, we know that there are people out there that uh, probably – would be eligible or could would need some assistance that for whatever reason say I, I'm not going to do that they they look at right. you know, coming to the central Pennsylvania Pennsylvania food bank and asking for assistance I don't know whether they're too proud or what they do is there still a stigma attached yeah, to it? And it's a, you know, think of that. That's, that's a very hard thing to do to, uh, uh, to admit you need help and then come out publicly and come to a place and, and, and receive a hand up. It doesn't quite feel that way. So uh, that's particularly um, prevalent. Uh, we, we started a program just for military families. Uh, we call it military share because we were having s uh, such struggles reaching our veterans and military um, uh, families. And uh, we learned to work with military service organizations um, uh, where there was trust already established and kind of removed the stigma. Uh, but that's true for a lot of folks. And, and our, you know, our, our ask of people that, that uh, may be in need of help, it's, you know, we're all neighbors. Um, this is people helping people. Uh, raise your hand when you need help. Just uh, reach out through your church, wherever it might be. Reach out to our food bank uh, by phone, by, by our website. Uh, we'll find you help. And there, there absolutely is no reason to, uh, to go hungry. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, you know, one of our questioners asked about uh, how, what, how people can contribute. But what about the people that uh, come to you, your clients, the people who, who need some assistance? How do they go about it? It's actually uh, very easy these days. Um, through our website, we have a find help feature. You literally click a button. Um, it's a zip code feature. You put in your zip code, and a whole list of, uh, of our partners will pop up. Um, and you can make a few phone calls as someone in need, find out what their hours are, um, and find the one that's closest uh, to you. Uh, if you don't have access to the Internet, just call the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank's uh, main number will help, which is 717-564-1700. Uh, and we have a wonderful receptionist always here uh, to take that call. Um, so it's actually a lot easier to get help these days. Or 211. 
anybody can dial 211 uh, in central Pennsylvania, and uh, if it's for food assistance, that call will come to us. You know, Joe, it, it always is fascinating to me how this time of year seems to be when most people will provide some assistance. We would like it to be, and you, and you do, I mean, for, you do get uh, help from the community, uh, contributions from the community all year round with your partners and with individuals. But why is it that this time of year in particular? Well, you know, we, uh, uh, that's true. Uh, we, we, have, we actually have more interest in food assistance and helping uh, this time of year. Uh, and it's a very important season for us to get the word out. We do need folks' help all year long. Um, and I guess maybe the simple way to say that is we need it all, all the time, and more is better, right? Um, but here uh, in the holiday season, it's particularly important for folks to uh, reach out, think about their neighbors uh, during this time, um, and uh, we could really use uh, all the help we can get. Uh, funding, uh, it's frozen turkey time, we have a uh, holiday season coming up. Whatever way you can help, even volunteerism, all of that is, uh, those are the engines that run this mission. So, are, you, are you giving out free turkeys? Uh, we, we actually do that through our partners. We collect turkeys and then provide it to our partners, and they're providing uh, holiday meals to folks in need. Uh, we want everybody um, that enjoys a good holiday meal to have, have access to that. Joe Arthur is the executive director of the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank. Joe, thank you for your work, and thank you very much for being with us today. Thanks, Scott. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Smart Talk is supported by Capital Blue Cross, providing health care coverage accepted by doctors and specialists in all 50 states. More information is available at capbluecross.com. Capital Blue Cross, live fearless. Smart Talk is also supported by UPMC Pinnacle, committed to reducing hospital-acquired infections and readmission rates. More information on UPMC Pinnacle's achievements in patient safety can be found at upmcpinnacle.com quality. Welcome back to Smart Talk, a Smart Talk road trip. We are broadcasting live today from the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank. It is a big day on WITF. It is our annual fundraiser. We partner with Wegmans Food Markets uh, to provide a truckload of food to uh, the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank that uh, does make its way out to those in need, your neighbors in need of food assistance uh, at this time of year, the 27 counties here in Central Pennsylvania. By the way, uh, we are collecting money contributions today, and we're not making that uh, pitch during uh, Smart Talk, but throughout the day, we will be asking for your assistance. Just to remember this, and actually, you can do it right now. If you'd like to contribute, go to WITF.org and click on the uh, Give Now button, or give our volunteers a call at 1-800-233-9483. And uh, the goal today is to provide 17,000 meals to people right here in central Pennsylvania who are at risk for hunger. Joining us now at the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank is Chris Gray, who is a volunteer coordinator, and also Paul Smith. He's retired, but he's been volunteering at the food bank for the past four years. Gentlemen, thank you very much for being with us today. You bet. Thank you very much for coming. Here in the warehouse, I imagine you're in your element. Indeed. Paul. I feel like I should be packing a box right now. <laughs> yeah, he keeps looking at that line over there. He's wanting to get to work. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. So tell me what volunteers do here at the Central uh, Pennsylvania. It's food more bank. like what don't they do, to be quite honest with you. We rely on the volunteers in every aspect, from out here on the floor in the warehouse, packing boxes for various items in the inventory, sorting the inbound product that comes in from all the various donors, and getting into the office and helping out in clerical aspects as well. Data entry, stuff in our envelopes, our mailers. There is so much that the volunteers do. Paul, how did you get involved? I got tired of the Chris, pressure. I, mean, I'm sorry. I, I get I got tired of the pressure cooker of private sector work, and I said, if I'm going to be tired at the end of the day, I'd like to have a little more sense of accomplishment. And I really started looking around at different avenues of work and got into the nonprofit sector. Mm-hmm. It, it really became more of a, a sense of wanting to do more at the end of the day. Paul, as I mentioned in my intro, you're retired and you've been volunteering here at the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank for the past four years. Indeed, I um, retired several years ago. <clears throat> And during my professional life, I never had time to volunteer. So I really, uh, after I retired and moved to Harrisburg, um, I started uh, volunteering for several charitable 
institutions that are involved in providing food to the needy directly and kept hearing food bank, a couple of food uh, uh, pantries, uh, soup kitchens, uh, Salvation Army, places like that, and kept hearing uh, from these organizations how important the Central PA Food Bank was to their operation. Those words plus the sight, plus seeing the expressions of gratitude and hope on the faces of people that were actually receiving the aid made me say to myself, I've got to find this food bank. So I came here a little over four years ago, um, started volunteering, and I must say, and I think I'm speaking for every volunteer certainly that I know, um, I haven't regretted one second of my time here because it's so important. Uh, two reasons, really. Um, Chris just touched on one, uh, the, the fact that the professional staff is among the most enthusiastic and uh, supportive that I've ever seen in a volunteer situation. They are always there. I mean, Chris has got his sleeves rolled up, helping me pack boxes, uh, helping unload shipments, sort stuff. Um, so that's important, being part of a family and knowing that the minute you walk in the door. And the second thing um, is simply that, uh, and again, the volunteers agree with me on this, uh, my colleagues, everything that we do in this building during our volunteer time, you, you feel, you know, it's important, and uh, it's not just, they're not just putting you to work doing something uh, that you don't really understand why am I doing this, but it's, it's key to whether you're helping unload, sort an incoming shipment, helping to pack an outgoing shipment. Uh, you feel throughout that process that you are doing work that if you weren't doing it, the food bank would have to hire someone to do it, and that's money. You know, every dollar is six meals. That's money they can't, couldn't spend on um, helping other people. So, yeah. so what you're describing is that uh, you have some personal satisfaction knowing that you're having a positive impact on people's lives. Indeed, indeed. Why yeah. hunger, though? You had mentioned that you had volunteered for some other organizations that, uh, that uh, provided assistance to the hungry as well. I, I did, and I still do. Um, I think that's important. Um, I, I feel kind of unique in the fact that I'm seeing the process from both ends. Here, getting the food, sorting the food, packing the food, and on the other end, uh, providing it to people in need. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's remarkable. By the way, we have uh, a microphone here that if anyone in our live audience would like to ask a question, step right up to the mic. This is how we uh, take phone calls, if you will, as we normally do on Smart Talk, but today it's with our, our, our live audience on this Smart Talk road trip. Chris, I, I saw you nodding as uh, Paul was, was, was speaking. You have the yeah. same satisfaction? Yeah, again, it, it goes back to at the end of our day, we're not packing a box, getting it to retail, and somebody's making a dollar. Everything we touch is getting to somebody that needs help in fighting the, the, the world of hunger. And that is incredible that this whole operation is for a problem. This isn't for getting boxes to retail. This is people at the end of everything we do. And that's really uh, rather humbling and astounding, to be quite honest with you. We have an audience member, sir. As we sit here in the warehouse and look at these pallets full of food from cereals to ketchup to just about everything that, that's behind you, where does it all come from? That's a great question. Don't it, forget the vinegar. I saw a big pallet full of okay. vinegar back yeah, there. Yeah, there is a big thing of yeah. vinegar. Uh, <laughs> you know, variety is the spice of life. Joe had alluded to that we really try to, to get as much nutritious product out there. But on the flip side, you know, variety is the spice of life. We literally have everything that a giant food store has. That goes a long ways, and our agency is getting product that is directly for the clients and a great variety of product. Well, where does it come from? You name any store you shop at, they're big distribution centers within a couple hours of here. We are able to procure product from all those distribution centers, individual retail stores, you know, the Walmart distribution center. There's so many folks in our backyard that are on part of Feeding America and those 
companies put up product for not full donation. We do have to buy about 65% of all the product you see, but we get it at reduced rates and a lot of products. I mean, again, the variety of folks in our backyard is incredible. Chris, I had a, a, a listener yesterday who sent an email and wanted me to ask this question, not this specific question, but this topic that we here in America throw out maybe a third of the food that is available. How do we keep, I mean, a lot of that food, most of that food is still safe, healthy, edible. How do we keep people from doing that? Uh, I do know that I believe in 2018, uh, they're going to change the best buy, sell buy dates on product. It's going to try to make it a little bit more clear for the public so that we are not throwing away food needlessly. And I think that's a big part of it is they're confused. You know, a Best Buy, a Sell Buy, packed on, right. it all confuses the general public. It is going to get streamlined in the near future that will help quell a good bit of that, that product being thrown out. But, yeah, it is. It's about 40% of everything we buy we throw out. Mm. Businesses are looking for ways to build camaraderie um, among their employees, and also school systems are looking for uh, volunteer opportunities for children. What is the youngest age you accept in mm. volunteers, and what type of volunteers, individuals, civic groups, businesses, can contact you to participate? And it looks like it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, oh, yes to all the above. Uh, 12 years old. We need the kids to be at least 12. We do have uh, a few family nights that are now sprinkled throughout our schedule to bring in younger kids as well. Being a working warehouse, we do have to be very mindful of the safety of everybody. Um, but yeah, all the groups you just mentioned are part of our volunteer network. Uh, we engage many of the high schools, middle schools, uh, many even of the special needs groups that come in and give us a hand. Uh, all the retail folks that are coming in, the camaraderie, Build, building with the team. It's great to see a lot of these folks, uh, you know, the Highmark, the PSECUs, they come in and there's a lot of folks that work off-site and they don't get to see their folks that are at the brick and mortar and they come together here and work amongst each other and have a great time. And like you said, it is a good time to have everybody and give a hand. Let me just uh, pause for a moment to remind those who are just tuning in that this is a special day on WITF. Uh, we are broadcasting live for Smart Talk Road Trip at the uh, Central Pennsylvania Food Bank. But uh, I want to get the phone number and the website again that if you're listening and you would like to contribute, we've partnered with Wegmans Food Markets to uh, the, the goal today is to fill a tractor trailer, a trailer full of food, 17,000 meals it would provide. And uh, you'll hear throughout the day what $1 goes to, how many meals that provides. But go to WITF.org, click on the Give Now button, or give our volunteers a call at 1-800-233-9483. Just a little bit of housekeeping here. Also want to say thank you to our sponsors for Smart Talk Road Trip Roof Advisory Group. Just cannot do these live broadcasts without Roof Advisory Group, and uh, we are very appreciative of their efforts as well. So, Chris, let me start with you, and uh, Paul, jump in whenever you want to. But uh, you've been talking about the work you do as volunteers here how does it happen? I mean, when I look around and I see, you know, 100,000 square feet of food packed to maybe the second floor of a building, pallets, boxes, forklifts moving all over the place, this would seem to be a lot of work logistically. There is a lot of moving parts to this operation. Um, you know, I've been, to, been here half a dozen years, and I seem to learn every day I'm here. Again, there's so many different departments making it all to come together to get the relief to people that need help. Um, how does it come together? It's a challenge. Um, the folks that work at the food bank, whether they're in the office end or they're out here on the floor, we all have to come together at some point and make it happen. Um, I like to kind of put it in orbits. Everybody has their own orbit, and we all seem to come into everybody's own orbit at some point. The volunteer department, we end up touching everybody because they do so much for us. Um, we have our, our guidelines of things we have to do, uh, the, the certain program boxes we have, the military share, the elder share, the CSFP. All those things are, you know, we know what's coming, and we have to keep the workload going. Um, 
we've been doing it for a long time. It's a very well-oiled machine. Um, and it's very interesting to try to keep the newer volunteers up to speed on what we do. Because somebody like Paul, who's been here for many years, he comes in and he can get to work without even being told what to do. And that goes a long ways in helping us maintain our workload. It's, again, really relying on the volunteers. Paul, talk about the first time you walked in here and you saw this operation. Were you overwhelmed? Well, indeed. As we see right now, we are surrounded by empty boxes piled almost to the ceiling by entire major crates full of different kinds of food on on belts. Um, The minute that this is over, the volunteers will step up and start packing those boxes. Um, And so, yeah, uh, it's overwhelming, but until you realize that you've got a professional staff that is guiding you on what they want you to do, the experience on how to do things, because it's fairly constant, whether you're packing boxes or sorting or checking dates on uh, materials. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, it, you're always busy, and that's what makes you feel like you're really doing some good. I'm, um, particularly as a veteran, uh, was so delighted to see the, the new military share program come into action, and they... They prepare boxes of food for military families in need, um, and then they go out to military organizations, VFW, American Legion, who are in contact with these families in need or these veterans who are having problems, and the food goes to them. And I have some friends who are veterans who have received this assistance, and it's so remarkable what a difference that's making to them because they see that connection Somebody's there to help me. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's pretty major. The other thing that uh, Chris mentioned um, was the groups that come in from businesses and schools. That, too, is a remarkable experience for those of us volunteers who are here individually um, because of the enthusiasm. Uh, yesterday, there was a group of almost 60 people from one organization here helping doing everything. Um, They take a half a day off from their work, whether it's an insurance company, a bank, lots of banks come in, um, and they help out. And that gives them a sense that they are really, and and it's real, that they're adding to the community. The schools, uh, entire classes come in, and they're so enthusiastic. One moment in my life that I'll never forget was standing around sorting fresh vegetables, one particular class from a school, and there was a class member that was making a video of them doing that, and he was asking individual students who were working why they're doing this, and they all had their reasons, but this one student, she's sorting corn, and she said, you know, I grew up having to get food from the food bank. And now it makes me so feel so good to be able to give back. And, and that was the kind of enthusiasm that they always have. And that, of course, we draw from that, those of us who come you know, over and over, that experience, these young people or older people who come in and they're driven by the, the satisfaction of being able to help people. Yep. You know, I love hearing stories like that because... Uh, and you know, just talking to everyone that is connected with the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank, uh, I mean, you listen to our station every day. We know there's a lot going on in the world right now, uh, a lot of people that are divided in and how they handle their division with their uh, different opinions. And uh, I don't know. We just know that there's a lot going on in the world, a lot of bad things happening in the world. And to get to hear something like what you do, and the kind of reactions you get, just that student, I mean, that makes you feel good and uh, realize that for the most part, people are good and are well, willing to help their community, willing to help their neighbors. And uh, thank you for all you do. Yeah, it's thank not you. a problem. It's, it's my pleasure, to say the least. And again, this community, the Susquehanna Valley, is very unique. It really is the amount of giving that it happens, whether it is time, uh, donations, monetary 
non-perishables. It all comes together to make it happen. Chris Gray and Paul Smith, volunteers with the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you're you. welcome. Thank you. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Welcome back to a Smart Talk road trip. We are broadcasting live today from the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank. Big day here on WITF, where we partner with Wegmans Food Markets to uh, and Central Pennsylvania Food Bank to provide our goal uh, today is uh, 17,000 meals, filling the tractor trailer full of food today. And if you would like to uh, contribute to, to that effort, go to WITF.org, click on the Give Now button, or give our volunteers a call at 1-800-233-9483. We will be... Um, We'll be talking throughout the day about ways that uh, you can contribute and, and help out. Also want to thank our Roof Advisory Group our, uh, who support Smart Talk Road Trips for all their help in making these broadcasts uh, possible. Joining us for this portion of the program is Dave Lloyd, Youth Manager, Youth Programs Manager, and Jennifer Powell is Director of Development with the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. What a lot of people may not know is that the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank, even though food is, I don't know, your main goal, uh, collecting food, distributing food, helping your neighbors, helping the community, but you do that in a lot of other ways. Let's talk about some of those ways. Sure. So um, one of the things that's uh, really uh, within the news these days is some of the disasters that have occurred across our, our great country. And Central Pennsylvania Food Bank serves in disasters. Just recently, we had staff members that actually went to uh, Texas as well as Puerto Rico and helped out during these times. And I was just so touched when uh, one of our uh, gentlemen came back and was just telling us about the conditions in Puerto Rico and just the temperature and the need. And, you know, it brought a tear to his eyes to to know that he was able to help out during those times as a uh, member of Feeding America, our national anti-hunger uh, fighting organization. Uh, we listened to that call to action and we were ready and able to go go out to other parts of this nation to help out. Dave, you were telling me before you were on the air today that actually we've had some people who have moved into central Pennsylvania. Talk about that a little bit. We have some evacuees that are in some of our school districts, uh, particularly the Harrisburg School District, and um, they're receiving backpacks to take home on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many, any, any idea how many? I think it was like 20 to 22, they said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on the 27 counties that the, the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank uh, services, if you will, I hate to use that word, but your, your service area. But let's face it, uh, hunger doesn't stop at those uh, county borders outside those 27 counties. So it sounds as if you know, you're reaching out beyond just Central Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania, anywhere where there are people in need. Absolutely, Scott. So not only are we a member of Feeding America, our national network, we are also members of our statewide coalition, Feeding Pennsylvania. So we work collaboratively across the state to meet the needs of those um, who are struggling with hunger. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the two areas that uh, you work in. As I mentioned, and, you know, Jennifer, you talk right off the bat about, uh, you know, some of the areas of the country where we've had natural disasters. But right here at home, here in central Pennsylvania, the central Pennsylvania food bank is doing more than just gathering food, collecting food, distributing it to, to those in need. Talk about that. Well, basically, we have um, four programs under youth programs. We have the backpack program, which we've talked about before, Kids Cafe program, which is usually an after-school program where the child in whether it be a church or Boys and Girls Club, gets a hot meal in the afternoon before they go home. And at those kids' cafes, they were basically using teachers to tutor, have recreation. So it gives them a full day. And when they go home, they actually have something. They've already eaten something, so they're, they're set till the next morning, hopefully. Um, Joe touched on the summer feeding program. That's an extension of the National School Lunch Program. Uh, four years ago, we started uh, as a sponsor. We had 11 sites. We now have 81 sites that we deliver to. And um, it's just an extension. And one story I can mention about that is there was a little girl I had to deliver food one day to one of the playground sites. And she came up to me and she said, I've been waiting since yesterday at that, this time to get a meal. So it definitely does help. There's definitely a need. Um, we also have um, a school pantry, which we 
actually are trying to feed the whole family where parents can come with their child. Sometimes it's a choice pantry where they can actually shop or the um, agency will have a box ready for the parents to take home. And also an extension of those four programs, as Joe mentioned, school breakfast. We actually um, we do a lot of outreach for, for school breakfast. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we have a microphone here. If uh, any of our audience members would like to step up and ask a question or make a comment, step right up and we'll get you involved in the program. And I've noticed today we've had a lot of participation and a lot of great questions, uh, better than questions I'm asking. So go right ahead. I encourage everyone to, to step up and, uh, and, and ask questions. Uh, Jennifer, you know, one of the things I've noticed just uh, in talking to the two of you for the, a few minutes is a lot of emphasis on young people and children. Yes. Yes. So when, when we say about 30% of those that we serve are children, that is, let's just think about that just for a minute. You know, these are children that are going to bed hungry, that are not able to concentrate in school. And we have some anecdotal uh, data that we did um, in a middle school, actually, in Lancaster, where uh, Dave was talking about uh, breakfast. They implemented an alternative uh, breakfast model, so the kids didn't have to go down to the uh, cafeteria and get the tray. Uh, They did sort of a second-chance breakfast. And they noticed a decline in their suspension rates, a decline in their nurses' visits, and just the overall environment of the school had changed just through the implementation of an alternative breakfast model so these kids could have that nourishment that they needed. Hmm. And, you know, Dave, something you said, you were talking about the one program that you said you started with four, and now you're up to 81. That's a summer feeding program, yes. Does that mean there's more need or just more people are realizing it, more organizations are realizing this need? There's a lot of folks out there that don't know how to do something in the summer to extend the National School Lunch Program, so we're able to help with the summer feeding program. There is a need. There's a lot of rural need. Um, even, you know, locally, there's just a lot of sites that have, you know, vacation Bible school, so we're able to feed for that whole week because these children are needy when they come to those sites. Something you just said that uh, I think, the stereotype a lot of people or picture that people get in their minds often is that this is an urban problem, that uh, w- there are pockets of poverty in urban areas so that most of your clients are coming from urban areas. It's very important that we mention that there are just as many people in rural areas that are hungry as well. There's um, an agency up in Clinton County, and to get to there, the, the road, there is nothing, nothing for like two, three, four miles, and then it just sits there in a, between the two mountains. And they're feeding like close to 40, 50 children a day. Mm. Just a brief story, because I, I may know the road you're talking about. <laughs> I one time was going from Lock Haven to Emporium, okay, and I saw a sign that said 77 miles. There was nothing, right. absolutely right. nothing. No gas stations, no fast exactly food. I had to right. go to the bathroom, too. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we have another question. So I also understand that a lot of um, federally funded food programs are undersubscribed and important programs like the, um, the SNAP program, the old food stamps, um, also the school breakfast programs, um, lunch programs, WIC. I heard the other day that 200,000 seniors could be eligible for um, SNAP benefits for food assistance but aren't. What does the food bank and others do to help with those issues? That's a really great question. Um, So one of the things that the food bank does, uh, we have a multitude of programs that serve youth, that serve seniors, um, that serve the military, but we also do a really robust outreach, particularly with SNAP. Uh, So we're really trying to raise awareness about the programs. Uh, There are, you mentioned about school, school breakfast and school lunch, and we talked a little bit about that. There are more children that receive lunch but don't participate in the breakfast program. So that's one of the reasons why we were trying to, to work to implement this, this alternative model. But they are underutilized programs. And uh, if they would go away, we would not be able to serve the many millions of people that rely on that service. Uh, so the food bank really tries to, to supplement that and to work co- collaboratively and cooperatively with those to meet the needs that are out there. She mentioned SNAP, and that's a government assistance program. Uh, How does the food bank work with government, if at all? 
Well, we do have a robust outreach and advocacy program. Uh, we align with uh, Feeding America initiatives, and we just want people to know that um, the food bank can't can't do it at all. Um, we would have to uh, expand even more than this large warehouse now, and and double or triple what we are currently doing if those programs would go away. So um, we continue to work to provide outreach and awareness and encourage those that are eligible to apply for and receive these benefits. Jennifer, we only have about a minute or so left. Uh, And again, I want to thank uh, the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank for having us here today. What message would you like to leave with our listeners today? It's it's all yours. The airwaves are all yours for to leave a message. The airwaves are all mine. So, you know, we, we can get caught up in this warehouse uh, with pallets and pounds. And, you know, we have and, and see food stacked to the, the ceiling. But at the end of the day, it's about people. It's about people like you and me. It's children. It's uh, our neighbors. And, you know, everyone has a story, and we don't know that what that story may be. And particularly this time of giving thanks and uh, reflecting on the things that we are blessed with, it's time to think about others and, and help others because, you know, all this hard work, it's for someone, and it's so someone can eat at the end of the day. Well said. Thank you very much. Jennifer Powell is uh, the Director of Development, and Dave Lloyd is the Youth Programs Manager with the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank. Again, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Had a great time here, and uh, stay tuned to WITF because you will hear more about the efforts today uh, trying to raise money and to fill that tractor trailer full of food to feed 17,000 Well, I was about to say feed 17,000 people. It's actually 17,000 meals. So I guess that's uh, 17,000 people. Uh, (laughs) We may have some overlap there. Anyway, stay tuned throughout the day here on WITF uh, to learn more. Coming up, there will not be a Smart Talk tomorrow. With Veterans Day coming up on Saturday, there's a special Vietnam program that will air during the 9 o'clock hour. So be sure to tune in for that, and we will be back Monday. Hope to talk about uh, casinos, and uh, we know there's been an expansion of that here in Pennsylvania. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Thanks again to Roof Advisory Group. Smart Talk is produced by WITF as part of our mission to deliver relevant, high-quality programming. Support comes from Capital Blue Cross, which shares WITF's commitment to being a trusted resource in our communities. Capital Blue Cross, live fearless. Smart Talk is also supported by the team of cardiologists, surgeons, nurses, physicians assistants, and rehabilitation specialists from Pinnacle Health Cardiovascular Institute, part of UPMC Pinnacle, delivering a broad range of traditional and highly specialized procedures. 